A lot of you are familiar with the DNA Project and have been rocking with us for a while, but some of you aren't. A lot of you are faithful listeners of the podcast, but aren't familiar with some of the other work that we do. So I just want to take a quick moment to explain to you a little bit more of what we do. So you're getting married, or you have a friend, a cousin, a sister, somebody you know is getting married. Okay. You've booked your venue, caterers, photographer, all that good stuff. When it comes to live music, most people have no idea where to look. We have you covered. Picture this. During the ceremony, while guests are being seated, or while the bride's walking down the aisle. During the cocktail hour, while guests are just mingling and having a good time. Don't forget about dinner music. That's very important to set the mood while guests eat. And we definitely can't forget the party. Let's get the party started right now with The DNA Project. www.thednaproject.ca for more information. Hello, bonjour, and wagwan, everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of The DNA Airwaves. Each episode of the podcast is produced, recorded, and mixed at the MPL in Toronto. The MPL is a collection of film and audio studios dedicated to making all things visual look amazing and all things audio sound brilliant. To learn more, please visit the-mpl, that's like maple without the vowels, dot com. It's also brought to you by The DNA Project. The DNA Project is a one-stop shop for all of your live entertainment needs. An incredible agency with world-class talent. Check them out before your next event at thednaproject.ca. Carrie Zalek joins us on the podcast today. Carrie is a publicist with Bad Parade, which is a music publicity firm focused on bringing musical talent to every corner of Canada. Carrie began her career at Maple Music Recordings in Toronto and then progressed to artist publicity management. From launching albums to promoting tours and everything in between, she has worked to ensure top visibility for any artist's or band's projects. Today we sat down and talked to Carrie about the role of a publicist for musicians, how her role has changed in the streaming era, and why she chose this path in the first place. Another great conversation for artists of all levels to check out, so I'll just shut up and let you hear it. This is the DNA Airwaves. Right, we can. I, <laughs> uh, I think yeah. you did that on purpose so I that did. you can catch me off guard as we That's start my recording. Well done, do. sir. Well Monday done. Morning. Dricky, Matt. How, how is everybody? Doing? We're great. We're awesome. Just talk great. over each other like that. Is that how this is going to start yeah. off? <laughs> it might. That's, That's perfect. perfect. It's with the internet. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's Monday. It's uh, it's time to get going. So let's do it. Carrie, how are you? I'm awesome. You guys, how are you? Doing well. Muy bien. Muy bien. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. We're so glad you're able to join us. Um, so we, we connected through our previous guest, Alex Cuba. Um, That's right. And you work with him. So through our, uh, I guess, uh, conversations in booking that podcast, we got to talking and I said, you'd be a great person to have on. Um, and it's funny because we all hear the term publicist. Uh, we throw it around even. But I don't right. know if most or many even understand the role of a publicist. So maybe we can start there and you can just kind of let us know. Sure. What you do. Yeah. yeah, of course. So I do think there's a lot of um, confusion and misconceptions around what a publicist is. And oftentimes I'll chat with sure. artists or, or people who will say, I don't know anything about publishing. And I say, oh, no, 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 I'm not a publisher. Um, so publicity is essentially, um, it, it could also be referred to as media relations. Publicists are the people okay. who work with their client, whether it's a musician, an actor, a company, whoever the client is, and they liaise with the media to get coverage for whatever that client is doing. So if a product is launching, like let's say a new skincare product, 
the publicist would take that um, to different media outlets that would have typically that they would know would have an interest in covering that product and send okay. it out to them. So if it was a physical product, you would mail it. If it's a physical CD or an album, you would mail those out too. Um, but what we do as publicists is we get attention for um, the product, the musician, the actor, the project um, in in the local media. Gotcha. Right. Okay. So that's it in a nutshell. So we'll definitely have a lot of questions just based even on what you've just said there. But sure. um, you know what? How? What made you get into this? How did that start for you? You know, it was a crazy sort of ride. I moved to Toronto. I'm originally a Winnipegger. And I've, of course, like everyone will say, been a music fan my entire life. And I set a goal of sending out, you know, 50 or 100 messages a day to people in the industry. And eventually, I, I would meet with everybody I could. I'd walk their dogs with them, pick up their laundry with them, go for lunch, dinner, drinks, whatever they wanted to do, yeah. I was down. And eventually I met a manager, uh, someone who ran a label that was at the time called Maple Music Recordings. And he sat me down and we had this great conversation. He said, what do you want to do? in music, you know, why do you want to, mm. what do you want to do? And I said, I don't really know, but I'm really good at talking. I'm a schmoozer. <laughs> and he said, okay, publicity. And so mm. I met their, um, their national publicist who worked with all of their clients and she was awesome. And she is actually the reason that I have my own company now. And I've worked with her for, for years. We're really good friends. And she mm -hmm. took me under her wing and, and sort of taught me everything that I know. Um, and then, you know, she went on to do really wonderful things with um, other labels. She was at Universal, started her own company, hired me. Um, so it was really, the, it was Maple Music Recordings, which doesn't exist anymore. It's now been um, renamed to Cadence Music Group. Um, but it was MMR that, that really got me on this path. But I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I just said, you know, I talk all the time. I'm, I don't <laughs> stop. Like, and so he said, you should try publicity. That's hilarious. So here I am. <laughs> here yeah. You are. yeah, no kidding. So what, when does an artist, or I guess as an artist myself, when is a good time for an artist to really consider even enlisting the services of a publicist? That's a great question. And uh, the answer is somewhat uh, you know, vague because yeah. you, you can benefit from assistance at any time. You know, right. so whether you're releasing your very first single or your eighth album that, you know, we just yeah. did, um, it's it it can always, always help you. You know, it will be a different yeah. um, project if someone's releasing music and they've released a bunch of albums and they've had some notoriety and they've been covered in the media. The strategy is yeah. going to be different if it's your first or second sure. or third single ever. We're going to build those foundations for you in your local and national market. So mm. the answer really is anytime. You know, whenever whenever you can, um, any publicist will be able to to help you and and raise your profile um, locally and nationally. Got it. And okay. is there anything an artist could do out the gate to kind of like set themselves up for success before even enlisting in a publicist? 100%. And so this is really where we run into some of the issues with the industry now, because artists are no longer able to just be artists, right? You can't just right, create right. music and release it because 
Who's going to listen? Where does it go? You guys know that we're battling about 60,000 songs a week going up on Spotify. There's, you know, 50 or 60 million songs on the platforms now. How are you going to get people to hear it? So um, Mm. I actually share tips on the Bad Parade social media pages with artists for, you know, things that they can do to somewhat elevate themselves, either if they don't have the finances to bring on a team um, or if they just don't want to. Some artists say that they can do it all on their own. Um, Mm -hmm. I would definitely recommend to, first of all, be on all of the social platforms. Now, we know, and everyone has personal taste, right? Some people prefer Mm -hmm. Twitter. Some people prefer Facebook. But the reality is, is that when you're an artist, you're making music that you want to be heard. You want it to be everywhere. So not only do you want to be on Facebook and Twitter and all of the social platforms, you want to make sure that your music is getting uploaded to not just Spotify, but Tidal and Amazon Music and, you know, all all the platforms, YouTube. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had artists say, you know, there's no point. I'm not doing a full video. And I said, doesn't matter. Some people will, you can just put a still image of your your cover or of you. Upload the song on as many um, platforms as possible because you want to be available on as many platforms as possible. And with that being said, when you do, if you ever email out your music or send DMs on Instagram or pitch your music that way, you're going mm-hmm. to find that you know some people will click on your Spotify. Some people would prefer a SoundCloud. Some people would prefer right. to watch on YouTube. So. The, the very sort of baseline thing that I would say is to be everywhere. That's really important because everyone that could become a fan has a different preference. So you want to make sure you're available, have consistency across all platforms. And consistency in music doesn't mean release every four weeks, release right. every two weeks. It means as often as it works for you, that could be every six, eight, whatever, post on all platforms, share on all okay. platforms, and do what yeah. you can in a, the same pattern, whatever the distance is in between, if that makes sense. Gotcha. No, that makes, makes sense for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, speaking of on uh, of all platforms and uh, needing to diversify, and of course, this world that we're living in today is very different, even from what it was ten years ago. Not to mention twenty and thirty. Um, I, I do. <coughs> I am interested in something, and I I don't know if it's good or bad, or if I'm just looking at this. Uh, uh, from a completely wrong perspective, but there, I feel like there's a case to be made for the loss of the mystique of the artist. And I think the first time I've noticed that was with the Ozzy Osbourne, Osbourne um, reality show. You know, <laughs> yes. that was the first time a great that, point. Uh, you know, this Prince of Darkness and there's part, part of what right. made that music powerful is not knowing much about Ozzy except that he eats bats, yeah. which he actually did uh, by accident. Um, yeah, yeah. And then right. you look, you turn the TV on, and he's like, oh, Sharon," and like it, it kind of kills something. And what I'm wondering is, is it possible for artists like Pink Floyd, who didn't even have their faces on, on album covers, is it possible right. to keep the mystique for a certain type of artist as part of what they are, or question. do they all have to go on social media now and share their breakfast with us? Because I feel like that takes away from some types of music. <laughs> Sure, right. Breath. Yeah, <laughs> love that. Love that. Um, well, it's always nice to see what other people are eating. So, uh, but no, I think <laughs> not I, always. I, not all, true. Not always. <laughs> I do think there's something to be said about the process. So, when we think of who mm-hmm. we are huge fans of, whether it is Ozzy Osbourne or someone you know more modern, it could be Justin Bieber, whoever. 
You mm-hmm. want to see what they're doing behind the scenes. And that's a point of interest for people. And it's another yeah. way to engage with fans. And so, um, you know, we want to see that they're in the studio. That's exciting. That means something's coming. We want to see that they're in rehearsals at a sound stage because we're likely getting a performance or a tour. So um, opening up your life sort of behind the scenes can be really really beneficial um to a point i mean we don't want obviously oversharing um you know and and we're seeing that now i think especially with what's been going on in the past few weeks and months with social media we're reaching a point where you know there's a lot of social justice talk there's a lot of things that are sort of outside the realm of sharing your breakfast and um people are sort of reassessing how they want to put themselves out there and what do they want to use their accounts for I think at a certain level, when you're higher up, sharing your life is really important. It keeps the fans engaged and exciting. As you're just creating, it's a great thing too. It's content. We obviously always want content to keep fans engaged, um, but you you do want to be mindful of what you're what you're putting up and what you're sharing with who and and when sure. and all that. Yeah, well, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. So you mentioned kind of just being mindful of what you're sharing that that whole bit to do with social media. So as far as what you do directly, the work you do with artists, how much attention goes into, or intentionality at least, goes into creating the story or the narrative that people are seeing of these artists on social media, different platforms? It is 100% sort of what we do, but I want to break it down so that it's, you know, sort of clear and, and more focused. As publicists, we create stories. Um, based on reality. it's not We're not making things up, but we're going okay. to listen to an artist, listen to their music, listen to their story, read their bio, see what's out there about them, and craft the narrative based on what they tell us and, and how they want to be perceived and all things like that. The sound of their music, um, you know, who they worked with, all that stuff. Now, when it comes to social media, that is typically on the artist. That would not, as myself as the best example, I don't mm-hmm. do artist social media. Um, What I would instruct an artist to do is anytime they get coverage while they're working with me or if they have a radio tracker and they get spins on radio or if they have a manager that books them something really cool, to always share that. You definitely want to thank and show appreciation Mm -hmm. for the outlets that are covering you or people that aren't in your immediate team that are showing you support. Um, But when it comes to a narrative, you know, when you guys read pitches – from publicists, not just from the artist, but when there's a publicist behind it, we're taking out the main points that we know from our experience would be the most interesting to people in the media and presenting them to you. So you'll read pitches that will say it's, you know, someone's eighth studio album or they're a Grammy winner or they're whatever. And we're putting that in to sort of pique your your attention and interest, Um, but also craft that story. You know, if you say someone's a Juno award winner um, Grammy nominated, things like that, you're going to get, maybe someone's going to read a little bit more of your email than you thought. And we're also strategically placing things in emails, right? So at the very top, that's, mm-hmm. that's where everything important needs to go. You're only going to keep reading if I catch you in the first few seconds, right? Yeah, so true. I want to put in, and you'll, you'll notice in any email I send you um, or have sent you, the, mo- mm-hmm. the first two or three lines have the bulk of what I want you to know. If you're still interested, you keep reading, and that's when you write back. Um, right. But if I don't catch your attention right away, 
you know, the pitch is, is worthless. So, um, that's sort of the strategy behind it. I don't strategize on social media except for advising that they should show appreciation. Um, but strategizing to get your attention is what I do. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. sense. Um, is there anything, um, that you could suggest as like a red flag or an alarm for, an artist when they are dealing with the publicist as like big, yeah, if, if a publicist is doing X, Y, or Z, they might not be the best for you. Yeah. I mean, I would say uh, there's certainly things that I've kind of ran into over my career. I think there are people who, um, I'll never just bring on a client. I have to talk to them for at least 30 minutes before and hear, right. um, you know how they say in, in finances and in investing past performance is not, a future indicator of how right. something will perform. That's the yeah. same with music. So you can have a song that you hear on Spotify and you're like, this is so cool. I love it. What a brilliant artist. You reach out to them, they yeah. send you the new thing and it's like, what? That's not what I was expecting. I was expecting something right. along that spectrum, the first yeah. spectrum. Um, so, <laughs> you know, you always have to, you always have to chat with the artist, get a sense for who they are. We want to work, publicists want to work with artists who are, really, really creators, people who want to create music mm. and share it with the world. There are yeah. certainly people who want to be famous, who will come to you and be like, why didn't I get the cover of this and this and this and this magazine? I'm like, cause you have two singles out. That's why, you know, right. <laughs> we all, we all want that, that viral fame. I would love if one yeah. of my clients had that. It'd be yeah. good for mm. everybody, but it's so unrealistic. That's like winning the lottery. So we want right. to work with people who, you know, are consistent, who put out good music, who want to work with us and want to get that media attention. I've certainly had clients who I send so many requests to, hey, there's an interview request from this magazine or this TV show right. or this place. And they mm -hmm. deny them all because they think they should have better. But we have to build a foundation somewhere. So when an right. artist says to me, I want to be in Exclaim magazine, for example, Mm -hmm. exclaim is awesome we all want to reach that that place you know but we have to build something first we have to find for a sure. reason for the editors that exclaim to have a listen um so you know there's there's some people that you can just kind of tell right away aren't necessarily the right fit and at that point mm -hmm. i would just say you know what i don't think it's the right time that we collaborate um on right. this project mm. gotcha and what about the opposite? If uh, I'm sure there are bad publicists, both that you know don't <laughs> know what they're doing, or ones that have malignant intents. How right. how could what should an artist be looking for to avoid working with uh, less than great publicists? I'm really glad that you asked that because I've certainly had clients come to me after a bad experience, and then you know I'm yeah. trying to explain to them what you know what that was. Very abnormal. Most publicists in Canada, I will say, um, the community of us are quite professional and typically do deliver um, the things that we say we're going to. Something that I do to make sure that um, clients know that I'm working for them, because it's a service, right? You're not getting something in your hand. You can't feel it. You can't smell it. Yeah. It's something that, you know, you really have to trust me with. Um, yeah. So something I do is every week I send a report and sometimes the reports don't have a ton in them, but at least it shows here's what I did. Here's who wrote back. 
you know, okay. here are the press clippings that we got this week. So that accountability is really, really important. I would also Definitely. say you want to hop on a, You do want to hop on a call with someone, you know, just talking to someone, you get their vibe, you get yeah, to yeah. see if you kind of like mesh and blend. And if you don't, don't work with them, you know, and that, go, that goes both ways. True. But, mm-hmm. but artists have instincts. And I'm, I'm really sort of focused on the artist instinct too when it comes to their creation and it comes to their decisions i want to make sure to sort of honor that um and so yeah if you if you don't like kind of the way the conversation's going don't work with them make sure to get a report um and reports can be different by the way they all look different we're all different publicists some people will show the exact places they pitched i have thousands of contacts i'm not going to show you every single one of them um but you know Ask for a little, ask for a little bit of accountability. Ask for, you know, things like that. And if you want to do a call, your publicist should always be available to you at some point in a day when you're their client to hop on a call. Right. They can explain something to you. Um, but yeah, make sure that you trust them. Make sure that you feel like you know what I like that person I spoke to on the phone. I like what they said they were going to do. Let's give this a go. Trust is key. I Makes like sense. It. You know what? Yeah. In, in my um. In our correspondence, I, I mentioned to you too. I really appreciated that you were always really quick to get back. And oh, if you, you even like even between, for example, I, I think that I had reached out with a question, and instead of leaving me hanging or just you know whatever that is, you got back to me and said, "I'm." You, you outlined the steps like I'm gonna just touch base with management and I'll get back to you shortly. Just waiting on the response. So those little details are huge just in showing that you're actively involved in the process. And I'm sure the Thank same you. goes for all of your clients. So just wanted Thanks to mention that. Thanks for saying that. that. Yeah, that's, that's huge. That's, that stood out to me too, because I've dealt with several um, publicists, not to say that they're not good because they don't do that, but it definitely makes a difference when somebody goes the extra mile and stays in touch. For sure. For sure. I appreciate um, that. I mean, look, we are, we are the representatives of our clients. True. So yeah. it it looks better on any of my clients when I'm responsive, when I say, hey, you know what? I don't have that answer for you. Checking yeah. with management, I'll be back to you as soon as I hear. And if I don't okay. hear by the end of the day or the next morning, just to quickly say, hey, I haven't heard back, but I haven't forgotten about you. Um, I'll be in touch as soon as I hear. And, you know, m- maintaining that contact and being apologetic, yeah, yeah. even if it's not always your fault, but just making sure, sure that yeah. both sides feel comfortable and handled. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so thanks for saying that. I really appreciate it. Well well done. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know what? So on the flip side of kind of what we've been dealing with as far as just pointing out the highlights of people's careers and managing the story, do you, I'm assuming you also deal with reputation control. Have you Mm. had to deal with any like putting out fires and things like that? Yes, I've certainly put out fires. I will say... The clients that I've had recently have been um, fireless people, like really (laughs) everything's been cool. Um, So I'm really, really happy about that. But look, things come up. Um, We're living in this digital age and there could be a like on something somewhat unsavory. There could be a share. We went through last year a lot of people not understanding what they were even saying, even a few weeks ago. Right. All this content that went up on social media that either was sort of slanted or skewed and and things are getting shared and we all should have opinions and support the things that we want to support and and stand in that. 
Um, but with misinformation and all these things, like I, I remember, yeah, this time last year, the stuff that was being shared and that lack of knowledge, you really, really have to be careful. So I try to Big avoid, time. yeah, I try to avoid those people. I've certainly seen some things that don't align with my beliefs or the beliefs you know, that my company has with being a parade where everybody is welcome. Mm -hmm. There's no exclusions right. here. The only person or people who can't come to the parade are people who don't make good music and who are jerks. If you are either of those <laughs> things, you are completely unwelcome. And also I've Dutch seen people. some... Which people? Dutch people. It's an Why? old Austin Powers joke. I'm sorry. Continue. Oh, okay. <laughs> sorry. There are two, there are two things I, I, I cannot stand. Uh, people who are intolerant of other people's uh, cultures and races and the Dutch. Sorry. Okay. okay. That, that didn't that go that over. That's not it's him. So yeah. right. sorry. Wow. So Come on, sorry. Mike. Mike Myers. Mike right Myers. I know. We're, yeah, we're all there together on that but, misunderstanding. Um, but, oh, <laughs> there we go. But yeah, so, so you know, I, I try and um, avoid those people if necessary if they do come to yeah. me um if there's yeah. any anything that doesn't align with the company or inclusiveness um i i don't want to deal with it um yeah, and i would totally you know reassess if i saw something come out while we were in the middle of the campaign i would absolutely reassess working with that even a light person um because there's just no place for that. So I will say when it comes sure. to putting out fires, I've been quite yeah. lucky. Um, there have been a few things here and there, um, missed interviews and, you know, whatever, yeah. things like that. Yeah. But that's mainly it. No one has run into really, really big trouble recently. No, nothing criminal. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, oh, my God. Even a like yeah, can be a thankfully. problem, though. So if, if someone liked the wrong thing that gets out in, in certain there, environments, I, I guess it depends how big they are. It, it depends on how far that goes, right? So if you like something on Twitter and your yeah. followers aren't following that, that account, it will say, so-and-so liked this, right? Right. Um, and if that's something that's unbelievably inflammatory or discriminatory or, you know, I'm going to have a problem with that. And, uh, you know, I, but I do think, especially with social media right now and all the misinformation and really like the lack of context and nuance and things like that. Like people yeah. are really missing it. And these mistakes are happening, happening so, so often. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. But another yeah. big mistake is um, the old stuff. So say someone who hasn't become famous yet, they say some crazy stuff when they're unknown, they get a little bit of fame and they be, get a, like a larger audience and right. people go skimming through their old stuff and see True. some questionable tweets or questionable posts. Right. Do you have to go through their stuff with a fine teeth comb and kind of ask them to delete stuff or do you just deal with no. it as it comes? I would deal with it as it comes. And look, the reality okay. is, is we are now much more aware. I think society mm -hmm. today, and I really want to avoid talking about woke culture because that's not <laughs> where I, I want to go. But I think that okay. <laughs> someone who made a comment that was somewhat unsavory 15 years ago Mm -hmm. is right. much more aware now, or at least that would be my hope. And so the whole thing that happened with um, Kevin Hart and the, was it the yeah. Oscars? Oscars, yeah. He had apologized previously, and what he said was wrong, 100%. What he said right. was wrong. And we live in a time now where everybody could see that. And so yeah. 
you know, this, the whole cancel culture and all of that, if someone said it 10 years ago, 15 years ago, not to excuse it because it's not excusable, it's still offensive, but right. we hope that yeah. they've heard, learned and, and, you know, educated themselves and understand that we're in a different society now. Um, yeah. so yeah, I'm very weary of, of cancel culture. I wouldn't go comb through people's, unless it was more re- like, you know, within the past few months, I'd be like, Oh, that's yeah. a little unsavory. I don't want to deal with that um but no stuff like that is um you know you you want to see a little bit of accountability a little bit of recognition of the mistake Mm -hmm. and that it was wrong but i don't think we can hold people to things they did 15 years ago i mean i'm not the same person i was 15 years ago none of us are absolutely that's a good point it's it's the internet that has allowed us to learn about everybody else and i think all of us in this conversation too have learned things about you know tolerance and things that we just didn't understand before. Um, Absolutely. And and looking back at a time where people didn't understand each other as well, largely yep. because they weren't as constantly connected and and being mad right. at that. If they're continuing to do that, it's a different story. But it's we're judging them now, uh, then with with the foresight and knowledge that we have now. Exactly. Right. Which exactly. is sometimes fair, depending on the deed. Sure. But yeah, for the most part, I love that you said that because now we are so much more connected and we do see each other in very different ways than we did before social media um, or when social media was just coming about. So that's that's a really, really important thing to to mention that, you know, it it was the past and it was a different time and um, not to excuse any of the things that someone said, but to recognize it was wrong and move past it. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, can you I had us? a question. Oh, sorry. No, you go I ahead. Go ahead. Very. I, yeah. I I don't even know, but like I am genuinely curious, but I'm gonna try to avoid it without being too specific. But what's the typical range price range of someone enlisting the services of a publicist? So it really depends, um, especially within Canada. So I would mm-hmm. say you're looking at a couple hundred dollars, but in that the higher hundreds. Um, okay to, you know, up to maybe 1500 to 2000 a month. It okay, really, right. really, really depends. Are you label affiliated outside of Canada? Are you brand right. new? Are you only doing digital? Are you only doing non-commercial radio? Are you only doing blogs? Like, how are we breaking yeah. this down? Um, so I would say that when it comes to cost, you're typically... You would want to reach out to the publicity company that you're interested in so they can give you an actual quote based on what you want. Um, But it really, it is a a wide range between, you know, a couple hundred dollars to um, in the thousands for sure per month, I would say. Yeah. Okay. Do you, um, what does your, I don't know if I said, what's your ideal client look like? But do you prefer to work with brand new artists or do you have a preference there? No, I, my ideal client is an artist through and through someone who is so focused on their artistry and, you know, they, they want to bring it to the next level. It can be any genre. They can be brand new, fresh, 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 like first or second song. They can be on their eighth album. Um, I just want a serious artist. That is it. A serious artist who isn't a jerk. That's it. That's all (laughs) I want. You know, that's, that's nice. Yeah. So um, someone who really takes pride in their music, um, and isn't just putting it out to put it out. They just, you know, want to be famous or whatever. A real artist. Those are, those are the best. 
Is it easier to be exclusive, um, an exclusive publicity company for musicians and musical artists, as opposed to like screen actors or any any other type of service that would require publicity? That's a really good question. So obviously, my passion is music. That's what I'm most interested yeah. in. Um, mm-hmm. I'm. Sh- it, it isn't. You know what I do isn't exclusive to this industry. Could I work with, uh, you know, a movie star or you know, film whatever? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would I? I don't think so. And that's because I don't understand it as well. I know this industry. Gotcha. Um, it's possible that I could, or like with an author, or whoever. Um, right. But I, you know, I think music publicists, people who brand themselves as music publicists, we mm-hmm. are experts in this. And it, it it's right. not exclusive. Like it certainly could extend, but um, I don't know that I would. Okay, that's fair, fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I guess to follow up my question about the typical client, what is mm-hmm. kind of like the typical or ideal campaign look like? Like in a kind of more ideal setting, how do things look? Great question. So I have my sort of dreamland of how I want things to to be. Um, I work with clients on certain cycles depending on the project. So if they're doing a single, um, it's different. The length of time we need to be together is different than if they're doing an album or a bigger project or if they're doing a tour, which, you know, are things of the past but are coming back. Um, So it, it really depends on that time frame. But when we're in it, you know, once the campaign has started, we really sort of build from the the bottom layer. So I, I book a call. It's kind of an interview. They have their first interview with me. Um, and I okay. really learn about them. I want to know, um, how did this song come about? You know, did you spill coffee and then you saw Jesus's face and then, you know, there were fireworks and whatever. Like, I want to know all the stories. Who did you collaborate with? Where did you record it? Some people will say, oh, I recorded it in my bathtub. Or I use my okay. iPhone mic or GarageBand or whatever. I want to know all of that. Um, bathtub. It's happened. <laughs> huh. Yeah, bathtub. Absolutely. Well. Anywhere. You can do it anywhere now. So right. um, yep. I'm going to get the full story from you. I'm going to build your pitch and put in those you know, strategic placements of the things that I want the media to know right off the bat, that first two or three lines. I'm going to send it out to radio first because radio can take a minute or two to get everything uploaded into their system. If they do want to upload it, it's not that quick. Um, So send it out to radio, your local market, and then, you know, hopefully depending on on the artist, a premier partner, and then going national and and hitting all the big cities, small cities, towns, you know, harnessing those relationships that I have with people in the media. Um, And that can last for a different duration of time based on, yeah, what what the release is. Got you. Interesting. Is radio still important for artists, like uh, getting onto the radio? Do you think that that's um, something that we as artists should still be fighting to try and get radio play? Absolutely. So this could go into a whole can of worms, but I'm ready for it. So (laughs) radio is not dead. Radio is not the same, but radio is not dead. And there is something so exciting um, and beneficial to having your song. Imagine you're added to CBC radio or you're on one of the biggest, if you get a spin on, on CBC Q or some of the big, Mm. big, big shows, that is such a compliment. You know, it's, it's still huge. People listen to the radio. It's not gone. There's a reason it's still here. 
So radio mm. is is still, I think, so important. And I know that a lot of artists really put their heart into Spotify and those editorial yeah. playlists True. and that whole thing. And, yeah, yeah. you know, there's a place for that. And it's not mm-hmm. as big, you know, as I think they think it is. Gosh. So, yeah. So all that to say, radio is still super important. Don't discount radio. Send your music to radio. It matters. You know, get on a, if you can get an interview on the radio, that's awesome. Like these are still right. huge opportunities. Don't, for don't sure. think that they're, that they're gone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's not too hard for the average unknown artist to get to the radio. Like, do you think that like, as like someone like me, who's unknown, if I was to try and go on the radio, it's like, who's this guy beat it. Whereas I might have a better <laughs> try going through all of the yeah. DSPs and try and get some traction organically that way. Are you getting organic traction on DSPs? None whatsoever. Right. So, (laughs) exactly. So, first of all, whether you're doing the campaign on your own or working with a team member, um, we're we're repping you. We're getting you that attention, whether it's to DSPs or to um, radio. So, Mm -hmm. I will say that I have never had a client that I've worked with well-known or completely unknown that has not been played on the radio ever, you know, well, okay. I I do want (laughs) to, I I should clarify that we're not talking about like iHeartRadio and Virgin radio and the commercial stations, but locally university stations, CBC Mm -hmm. all across the country. I've certainly, there has been more than one spin for every single client that I've worked with. Radio in my entire radio. career. Radio is amazing. Awesome. Don't discount radio. The DSPs yeah. is a whole, that is a, 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 beast. a yeah, totally. Can we tell the <laughs> audience what DSPs are if they don't know? Yes, the digital streaming platforms. So that's your mm. Spotify, um, mm. uh, Tidal, iTunes, Amazon Music, yeah. Apple. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's where everyone thinks that they're going to get the bulk of their awareness. And they mm. can. Yeah. But it's a lot less likely. Um, but everyone's heart and soul, you know, I've spoken to so many artists who say, Carrie, I didn't get on an editorial playlist with this release and I was sure I was going to get on it. And I'm like, yeah. what does an editorial playlist really mean to you? What does it do for you? Because I know what it does. But what do, as an artist, right? So like, yeah, yeah. The, the thing is that if you're number 60 or 70 on a playlist, are you getting mm-hmm. heard? Right. If you are on, if you're number 90 on new music Friday, are you getting heard? You're only there for a week. Are you getting heard? Honestly, part of my strategy is to go listen to the artists who are lower, who are like between 50 and 90 on new music Friday. Cause Mm. I'm like the first ones are getting heard. They likely have reps, you know? So I'm going to listen to the, some of the other guys. Not that that Mm. necessarily makes the most sense, but, um, you know, editorial playlists are, they can be really useful if you're number three, seven, right. 14. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality is, is that they're not, they'll get you some nice streams. You'll see that, you know, 16,000 people are listening to you per month and then yeah. you stop releasing music and those numbers go down you have to do it again and build that traction. Yeah. Editorial playlists are a piece of the pie for sure, but they're not everything. And all the so while don't you set your heart. $18 total from all of those streams. <laughs> if you make $18 yeah, total. No, $18 yeah. would be more than 60000 which is ridiculous. Right. Um, so this, yes. 
Yeah, that's crazy. Nuts. That's nuts. Yeah, you're about to, to to go off on a tangent there. I could see. Do you? Would you like to? <laughs> no, stop <laughs> me, please. Okay, no, please. all right. Please. Next time. Okay. Well, let's talk about something else that I'm curious about. Um, whether or not you have fiduciary obligations. So, um, let. I mean, worst case scenario, I don't know. An artist you're you're representing turns out that they're I don't know a serial killer or a rapist. Mm. Can you go? <laughs> I'm done with this. I'm not involved. Or do you have a contract and you have to try to put out that fire? So great question. Mm, that's um, a good question. <laughs> so okay, every publicist is different, and and I'm sure no matter who you have talking to you will tell you a different story. Mm-hmm. I right. as it stands right now, I don't have contracts. The way that I work is okay. you pay me upfront for the first mm-hmm. month. I work on you know monthly terms. You pay me upfront right. for the first month. If you think it's the worst thing ever and you hate it and you're not getting any coverage and I'm just terrible to deal with, you can walk. Go. Okay. You know, if you're a serial killer or a rapist, <laughs> I would oh, drop gosh. you and then pay you like if you're you know available to receive the e-transfer i would just give you your money back <laughs> and like wipe my hand. but if you're in prison i don't know i wouldn't want any affiliation i'd want your money back in your pocket I, like nothing to do with that someone who would come out as you know very discriminatory or whatever yeah. take your money yeah. and yeah. go i don't want okay, it so you can do that you're not obligated to stay on their team as it stands right now yes there could mm. be a time, and it's something that I'm speaking about with a lawyer, where um, I do want to sort of reduce my liability. So here's an example. If if one of you is my client and you're sending me your music, your photos, yeah. someone mm-hmm. took those photos, someone helped with the music. If you're sending me a bio, somebody else wrote it. If you're sending me whatever, there was somebody else involved, typically. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, yeah, I've never right. met an artist who did everything on their own. I don't want to be liable if the artist doesn't have access or full legal approval to use or distribute what they're sending me because I'm using and distributing what they're giving me on their behalf. So there could be something to sign um, down the line on that front. Um, But contractually to work with me, I don't want to work with you if you don't want to work with me. You know, like if you're not liking this, I would rather you leave um, because you know, I, I don't want uh, to have a bad reputation myself. I don't want to have negative feelings towards an artist that's going to take up my headspace when I'm trying to work for others. So like yeah. no hard feelings. If this isn't working, just go. But yeah, there's no obligation. I'm not going to come after you um, unless you like <laughs> steal all my intellectual <laughs> property or something. But yeah. Right. Yeah. And I'm just wondering, um, are there then kind of like the Saul Goodmans of publicists where if you drop them, uh, they're like, yeah, we'll take you on. Let's let's fix up your image. Is that a thing? Are there agencies like that? Maybe not with serial we're- killers, but, you know, something a bit milder. <laughs> <laughs> um, it hasn't, I haven't done it. I haven't worked with anyone who has dropped for reasons, um, like unsavory reasons, and then brought them on to Bad Parade. Um, hmm. Yeah, no. Maybe, okay. maybe if I really think they were, you know, they done wrong by someone and this was fixable and whatever, but hasn't happened. Do you play any instruments or do you write any music by any chance? Do you do anything musically? I don't, but I, I hear things. I, when I hear a song, I can change it in my head, Oh, which is ridiculous. Yeah, I can be like, you know, as I'm listening. So I have, I have two ears, my ears. 
and then my yes. publicist ears where I'm like, oh, you know, no. I have to, I have to hear something. And then that's four oh, ears. Okay. What I should have said was two types of listening ear. And the, okay. the first is like what, what I enjoy listening to. And then what yep. I, what I, when I listen to other music and I always think, where can I put this? What outlet in Canada is going to pick this up and things like that. Mm, and no matter what I'm listening to, I'm thinking, okay, that, should it sounded different? We should have extended that um, chorus, or there should have been an extra vocal here, or whatever. So, yeah, the this is a really ridiculously long answer to no. I know, but okay. no, but I do. I you know maybe one day I would get a little bit into um, production, whether it's learning how to use what do you mean logic. Maybe or one, one day. Things. Now's the time. You're yeah. stuck at home. Well, we're yeah. literally I, most of us are at home right now. I know, but yeah. we're about to be free. What about you? Mm. Uh, you got to miss the window. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Yeah, no, I did miss the window, um, but I, I think it could be something that I, that I explore. Whether I'm doing that like technological side or just pointing fingers yeah. and being like, "Can you change that?" So yeah, maybe right, one day I'll get into that. Hey, we're always here to yeah. help too. So let us. Thank know. you. Yeah, we got thank things, you. and we know a few things too. Awesome. Um, thank you. Yeah. No. Thank you. I wanted to uh, ask you about the name of your company. Um, how did you come up hey. with your name and also let people know, I guess, where to find you and things like that at the same time? Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you for asking. So um, Bad Parade took seven months to name, which is absolutely ridiculous. I didn't actually think it was going to be what it is. I was just working privately with a few clients and I thought okay. they should have a company behind my name so that it seemed right. more legit. They were established yeah, right. in the Canadian industry. People knew who they were, so it wasn't that yeah. big of a deal, but... I was like, you know what? I should probably name this. So the three, there were three things I wanted to touch on. My holy trinity um, were my love for Michael Jackson, for Prince, mm -hmm. and for mm -hmm. Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis's flight time. And so I really wanted to honor, yeah. like, I'm telling you, I wrote down the street addresses of Neverland and Paisley Park. I wrote down every song oh. that I love, every song that I don't love, every tour they did, every whatever. And I was like, how am I going to name this? I was blending the numbers of their addresses. I was looking up like wow. ridiculous information about them. And I started putting names of songs together. I wanted the ambiguity of flight time and I wanted to, you know, somehow have song names. And so I came up with, Michael Jackson's Bad, which was, of course, the album and the tour. Prince's yep. Parade, which was an album and a tour. And it is somewhat ambiguous because if you don't know what context Bad Parade is in, you're kind of like, what's Bad Parade? And then someone would have to say yeah. it's a music publicity company. So it has the ambiguity of flight time. And, mm. you know, one day if I do end up producing or doing anything else, flight time was a physical studio in Minneapolis. I think it is a studio in California now. Um, mm, so wow. I'll have room under the umbrella to expand. You should probably start ah, thinking of names smart. and things like that from now, just because of the time it took it takes you. I would so love to write a song with you, Carrie. It would take us about but four years four, to get a verse. I would <laughs> release a the control of a name, like anything that oh, would man. last forever. Like yeah, I would just yeah, have yeah. to release the control because <laughs> it took me for, I'm happy with it now because I yeah, love yeah. the question when people ask and then they get a sense right. of Story. what I listen to and what I love. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Oh, it was so, I remember at Christmas time just sitting down, like, what am I going to call this? And writing down like <laughs> bad and the way you make me feel and all these. And I was like, okay, 
how am I going to do it? But I settled on something. Yeah. Before we wrap, I think uh, I have one more question for you now that we've learned this about you. Would you (laughs) want to be Michael Jackson's publicist? Yes. Mm. Without a doubt. What about Mm, about princes? Without a doubt. Yes. A hundred percent. And Jimmy and Terry. A hundred percent. Whose publicist would you not want to be? Um... Weinstein. <laughs> Who? Yeah, I was going to say R. Wein- Kelly. Weinstein. Oh, oh R. Kelly. His name yeah, comes too. up often yeah. on this show for so many different reasons. That is hilarious. Who does? Very understandable. R. Kelly, his name comes up every couple episodes for one reason or the it's, other. Yeah, he's... Because he's a nasty man. Yeah, I... This is <laughs> wow. the thing. Like, it's, it's... No, but it's... It's creative genius and... And you know, it, yeah, we we all yeah, I yeah. think we all feel the same way about that I one. Mean, um, yeah, wouldn't yeah. want to be his publicist, but would I take on Michael Jackson? One hundred percent. Of course, amazing. Hmm. If you could go to one of their shows, though, Michael Jackson or Prince, who would it be? Uh, Michael Jackson. I've been to Prince shows. I was at his last mm. one in Toronto. I'm so lucky. I've been to his full, like, huge shows. I've been to Paisley Park. Wow. Um, oh, but wow. I never saw like. This is the thing, seeing Michael Jackson, that that is not, that is superhuman, right? Like yeah, the yeah. moonwalk Especially and at all that the time. Yeah, imagine going to the bad tour, right? Yeah, 88, 89, yeah. what, like just, yeah. come on, crazy. Yeah, so, it would have been crazy. But Prince, Will there ever be anyone yeah. as famous as him again? No, 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 no. I don't no. think so, right? Is no. it possible? No, impossible. That guy was legendary. Impossible. Anyway, yeah, nothing. Yeah. yeah we could go on. Like we that. could do a whole podcast about Michael Just on Next time. Michael next time, Michael Podcast. Yeah. Bring him on. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, man. He's with us all. He's with us all. There you go. There you go. He never left us in our hearts and our minds. And in the name of your company. That's right. Can you let people know where to find you, how to reach you online? Yes, absolutely. Thank you for asking. So I'm at badparade.com. Um, I'm on Instagram under Bad Parade Co. Same with Twitter and Facebook. I'm also on LinkedIn under Bad Parade Co. So feel free to reach out. I would love to talk to you. Sounds good. Thanks so much. It was awesome talking to you. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. As a podcaster, you know that great content is only half the battle. The other half is finding the right hosting platform to reach your audience. That's where Captivate comes in. With unlimited podcasts, advanced analytics, and personalized support, Captivate has everything you need to grow your audience and monetize your show. Join the thousands of successful podcasters just like us who trust Captivate for their hosting needs. Visit dnaairwaves.com slash Captivate today to start your free trial.